Welcome to the Albany Update with Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Now, with this week's Albany Update, here's Jason McGuire. Thank you for joining me for this week's edition of the Albany Update. There is undoubtedly an attempt to remake America in the progressive mold in the modern Democratic Party. Case in point is the conversation regarding the left's attempt to pack the Supreme Court with 13 justices, up four from the present nine. Then, with an eye toward New York City's mayoral race, we'll see that the frontrunner, Andrew Yang, an abortion supporter, is coming under attack for simply stating that abortion need not be celebrated. Remember when Democrats used to say that abortion should be safe, legal, and rare? Well, that was then. This is now. Today, they only believe it must always be legal. Safety and rarity are secondary concerns. Next up, there was a little-known but significant court ruling that may help protect people with developmental disabilities. Then we're entering the second half of the 2021 legislative session. Buckle up, because things may get a little bumpy for social conservatives. Finally, we're announcing the release of a new resource that may help parents, grandparents, and others trying to help young people navigate transgender conversations. I'll tell you more about it and how you can acquire your own copy of the resource. Let's get started. It's safe to say that Democrats in Washington, D.C. are preoccupied with the Supreme Court. When it comes to the High Court, Democrats have endured difficult setbacks in recent years. In 2016, following the death of Justice Antonin Scalia, then-Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell and his Republican colleagues declined to confirm President Barack Obama's Supreme Court appointee, then Judge Merrick Garland. The following year, Justice Neil Gorsuch was appointed to the court by President Donald Trump and was confirmed by the Senate. In 2018, Democrat efforts to prevent the confirmation of Justice Brett Kavanaugh fell short. Then, just last year, Justice Amy Coney Barrett was confirmed to the court following the death of iconic liberal justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The current composition of the court, six Republican appointees and only three Democratic appointees, has Democrats concerned about potential rollbacks of Roe v. Wade and other activist court decisions. Now that the Democratic Party has regained control of the White House and the U.S. Senate, Democrats are exploring various means to re-establish a liberal consensus on the court. On April 9th, President Joe Biden signed an executive order, creating a commission to study potential Supreme Court reforms. The 36-member commission, which has been hailed for its bipartisan composition, is required to finish its work no later than 180 days following its first meeting. Other Democrats want to go beyond just studying the issue. On April 14th, Politico reported that Senator Ed Markey, a Democrat from Massachusetts, and Representative Jerry Nadler, a Democrat from New York's 10th Congressional District, would introduce a court-packing bill to expand the Supreme Court from nine members to 13. Thankfully, neither effort appears likely to result in changes to the composition of the Supreme Court. During his campaign, President Biden stated he was not a fan of court-packing. The creation of a commission looks more like an attempt to placate the progressive left than it does like a serious effort to change the court. Regarding the legislation, Senators Joe Manchin, the Democrat from West Virginia, and Kirsten Sinema, the Democrat from Arizona, have expressed opposition to court-packing, making it unlikely that the bill will advance in the Senate. 
Next, this fall, the voters of New York City will elect a new mayor. Incumbent Mayor Bill de Blasio is barred from seeking re-election due to term limits, and several Democratic candidates are running to replace him. At the time of this recording, businessman and 2020 presidential candidate Andrew Yang is leading the crowded field. Other notable candidates include Brooklyn Borough President Eric Adams, businessman Raymond McGuire, New York City Comptroller Scott Stringer, who has received the endorsement of the Working Families Party, and attorney Maya Wiley. The lack of a credible Republican candidate makes it quite likely that the winner of the June 22, 2021 Democratic mayoral primary will become the next mayor of New York City. Because he is leading all Democratic candidates in the polls, Andrew Yang has become the focus of political attacks from his fellow Democrats. Recently, those attacks have centered on comments Yang made on abortion during his presidential campaign. At a February 2020 conference, Yang called himself a champion of women's reproductive rights from day one, and added that women's reproductive rights are sacrosanct and should be protected at the highest levels. However, Yang also urged the Democratic Party to get back to the point where no one is suggesting that we be celebrating an abortion at any point in the pregnancy. Opponent Maya Wiley took issue with Yang's comments tweeting that political leaders should fight to expand access to abortion for those who need it, not make them feel convicted in the court of public opinion for taking control of their health and body. Former City Council Speaker Melissa Mark Viverito, who is not a mayoral candidate, was more blunt. I have sole authority in all that pertains to my body, including choosing not to have children. Ain't nothing tragic about it, dude, ever. Hashtag my body, my choice. State Senator Alessandra Biaggi, who supports Comptroller Stringer's mayoral bid, said don't be one of those guys whose words perpetuate misogyny by making women feel bad for celebrating their right to choose. Putting aside the internal inconsistency of Yang's position, this intra-party spat highlights just how militant New York City Democrats have become in regard to the abortion issue. Apparently, the party is now divided between persons who celebrate abortion at all stages and persons in the Obama-Biden mold who support late-term abortion without celebrating it as a positive good. In our third issue today, in a recent decision, the New York Court of Appeals, New York's highest state court, threw out part of a 2012 state law relating to persons with disabilities. The court held that the 2012 Protection of People with Special Needs Act violated the New York State Constitution by creating a statewide special prosecutor to work on crimes against disabled individuals. The court ruled that the 2012 law was an unconstitutional delegation of core prosecutorial authority away from the county district attorney to an unelected appointee of the governor. The law provided for the appointment of a special prosecutor to prosecute crimes involving abuse or neglect of the Protection of People with Special Needs Act. The court's decision was unanimous. At New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, we don't particularly care whether cases involving abuse or neglect of the disabled are prosecuted by a statewide special prosecutor or whether they are instead prosecuted by district attorneys. So long as the persons responsible for these despicable crimes receive justice, the identity of the prosecutor is beside the point. Now that the special prosecutor has been held unconstitutional, it is hoped that district attorneys across the state 
will pick up the slack and ensure that vulnerable disabled persons receive legal protection. Earlier this month, the New York State budget process for the 2021-2022 fiscal year was completed, and in an ideal world, each year's legislative session would be completed upon the passage of the budget. However, the real world is far from ideal, and the 2021 legislative session is not scheduled to conclude until June 10th. This means that the state legislature has several more weeks in which to inflict new damage upon the Empire State. City and State New York recently published an article discussing the issues that the legislature might choose to focus on during the second half of this year's legislative session. According to the article, those issues include parole reform, a tax on greenhouse gases, and a state government takeover of health insurance. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms is deeply concerned about the health insurance proposal known as the New York Health Act. It's Senate 5474, sponsored by Senator Gustavo Rivera, and in the Assembly, it's Assembly 6058, sponsored by Assemblyman Dick Gottfried. This bill would create a government-controlled, single-payer health insurance system in the state of New York. If it were passed, most private health insurance would become illegal, and New Yorkers would instead be eligible for enrollment in a New York health program. Our organization opposes the New York Health Act due to concerns about health care rationing, religious liberty, and public health. While the bill is a priority for New York progressives, and while it has 33 Senate sponsors, the legislature would likely have to override a veto by Governor Andrew Cuomo to pass it. This major hurdle makes passage of the legislation this year unlikely. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms is also concerned about the potential passage of physician-assisted suicide. This bill is sponsored by Assemblywoman Amy Pollan. It's Assembly 4321. Our organization and allies at the New York Alliance Against Assisted Suicide are working effectively to thwart this legislation in the second half of the legislative session. And finally, parents, are you concerned about the potential effects of the transgender phenomenon on your children? If you answered yes, you're not alone. At New Yorker's Family Research Foundation, our educational arm, we are pleased to offer parents a resource to help them navigate this challenging terrain. That resource is entitled Parent Resource Guide, Responding to the Transgender Issue. Published by our allies at the Minnesota Family Council, the Parent Resource Guide offers parents tools to help them promote common-sense gender policies in their children's schools. The guide correctly states that school policies allowing students to identify as something other than their sex have led to negative consequences in regard to privacy, First Amendment rights, fair play in sports, children's health, and parental oversight. The Parent Resource Guide is much needed here in New York. In recent years, New York's public policies have moved further and further in the direction of embracing transgender ideology. In 2019, the Gender Expression Non-Discrimination Act, or GENDA, also known as the Bathroom Law, became law. The Bathroom Law bans discrimination based on gender identity or expression in housing, employment, public accommodations, and education. It requires places of public accommodation to allow biological males that identify as transgender to enter women-only spaces, including locker rooms and restrooms, 
it also requires transgender employees to cross-dress and use opposite-sex facilities in the workplace. New Yorker's Family Research Foundation highly recommends the Parent Resource Guide to Parents Throughout the State of New York. If you are interested in receiving a copy of the Parent Resource Guide, there's a few ways you can do it. First, you can visit our website, and again, that's either albanyupdate.com or our educational arm at newyorkfamilies.org. On both of those sites, there will be an article dealing with this issue. You can visit the site, you can download the resource there and print it out at home. If you'd like to receive a print copy of it, we can mail it to you, but you'll need to contact our offices by giving us a call or shooting us an email. We do ask that there be a contribution of any amount to help offset the cost of printing this publication. These are issues that are everywhere in the culture today. Conversations are being had in faith-based Christian schools as well as public schools. And it's important that parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and people that we go to church with better understand and are able to articulate their positions on these issues. Frankly, for too long, too many of us in the Christian community do not engage in these conversations, or we engage in an unhelpful and unwholesome way. We really want to learn how to effectively talk about these issues and to defend the biblical position on them. So I would encourage you to contact our offices to receive a copy of the Parent Resource Guide or simply visit our website. So get informed, get involved, and make a difference. You have been listening to the Albany Update, hosted by the Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms exists to influence legislation and legislators for the Lord Jesus Christ. To learn more about this ministry, issues you've heard on the program, or to make a financial contribution in support of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, visit albanyupdate.com or call 585-225-2340. Additionally, you can mail correspondence to P.O. Box 107, Spencerport, New York, 14559. You can receive the latest legislative updates at facebook.com slash albanyupdate, Follow New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms on Twitter at Albany Update or sign up to receive the weekly Albany Update email by texting the word FREEDOM to 22828.